Welcome back to No Chill with Gilbert Arenas. As you can see, we've got a full house today with a legend and a legend in the making. So first start with the, the legend. Sold over 100 million records through his No Limit label. Can make him say, uh, and how you do that there. I wrote that, had to get that in there, make sure. Uh, star some hood classics. I got the hookup, Foolish, among some other things. Business mogul as well. If it could be sold, he's likely selling it or in the process of about to sell it. And we got a son who just committed to University of Houston, where he'll be balling a few years from now. He, he did the early commit joint. I don't know, I know, I wasn't, I wasn't fortunate enough to <laughs> do that. Either. Yeah, I, could, I, I, I was last minute, you know, in February trying to get it in, but we got Master P yeah. and Mercy Miller on the show, man. We appreciate y'all yeah. pulling up. Yeah, nah, like you said, what I love about what Mercy did is important that we're in a position where you can commit early and have your plans for college. Because, you know, most players, they playing uh, with a lot of pressure. Yeah. I think he's going to be able to play with no pressure. The coach believe in him. Uh, coach Sampson told him the other day, like, it was only three other players he seen that remind him of him that he'd actually seen was uh, LeBron, uh, uh, D. Rose, mm -hmm. and uh, Westbrook yeah. that he seen instantly that he felt like was special. So when you hear that. Yeah, that's, I mean. <laughs> that, I mean, that's great people to be like compared to and like just seeing that for me. I mean, that just pushed me to drive me to be one of them great. So it just makes me want to keep going. Now, Pete, you started out of Houston early yeah, on. That's, that's where you first started for you yeah. moved to the Bay. So how, how much did it mean for you to see your son following your footsteps and going to University of Houston? As nah, well? It was great because at first, he wanted to go to Duke, you know, as a kid growing up. Yeah. All you think is Duke. But I took him to a lot of Houston games. Uh, when we left New Orleans, we moved to Houston, and I took him to a lot of games, him and his brother. And he always told him, Dad, I, when I go to college, I want to go to either University of Houston uh, or Duke. So last year, a couple of years ago, we went. He seen all the people that I done played with and everything from my king to everybody. He seen all the legends there. And he felt the atmosphere. He, he go in there and it's like, and I want to be on that wall. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it was great because, I mean, he worked hard. Like, just not because he's my son, but people think, oh, he getting a fa no favors. We've been doing this since he was four years old. He always played up. Uh, I think maybe he was like five or six years old. He was playing with Jalen Suds and Hersey and all those guys on, on a national AAU team. And then he took his own AAU team. He played with the Knight Riders and, you know, the PM Ballers. And this team that I put together, what you've seen from DeMar to Brandon Jennings to all these, you know, NBA stars come from this program that I have in California. I go in the inner city and get some of the top kids in the country. You don't know they're they going to be stars, but I stuck with them. And, and we didn't have to go through a lot of stuff that a lot of kids sold their souls to. Mm -hmm. And so we was able to, to, to help them cross their careers over and then show my son the same thing. Like, man, you don't need to play for no tennis shoes and no backpack. You know, do what you do if you love it. Mm -hmm. And then, because we've seen a lot of kids, you know, give yeah. a lot of kids that were stars back then. We don't care about being ranking. Like, people just start finding out about Mercy because they thought he was a senior last year. Mm -hmm. So, he's never <laughs> been ranked with his class. Like, no, think about this it. crazy. Yeah. So, when ESPN seen him this, maybe this year in the summer, they got a chance. Like, what, is he a freshman? So all the other kids that have been, you know, way above him, they never really see. Because eighth grade, he played varsity. 
with Jalen Suds and Chetnam, and they, they won a title. Then, then last year, as a ninth grader, he won a, a state championship. And, and if it wasn't for him, we would have lost. I mean, we played some of the toughest teams that, you know, some, uh, what, what's the kid from Detroit? Uh, Monty Bates. Yeah. yeah. So we done played some of the toughest schedules. Now, he, we don't run from numbers. We just look at numbers. You know, we just like yeah, you, yeah, 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 Like, yeah. look, same way you, you look yeah. at numbers. We don't care who, who a person is. Yeah. And that's how I played. Uh, when I played against Milk Wagner and all them dudes, he was like, Milk Wagner, man, I don't know who this guy is, but I got to play him. <laughs> and, if, and if he could take one of these bowls, he going to be good because, you know, uh -huh. it, it, after I played them, Gil, they wanted me to go to Louisville. So I was going to go to Louisville. Once I was going to be with Denny Crum, but I ended up, going to Houston and uh, playing with Guy Lewis, one of the legends, coaches around, and then my son now being able to, to go to Houston and commit. Because think about it, Hersey, his, his older brother, is one of the highest paid players, and he go to HBCU. Mm -hmm. and, but it's, a, it's in the OVC, the same where John Morant came from mm -hmm. with Murray State and all them. So you got an opportunity to do, we were talking about the other day, you got an opportunity to do something incredible, but he got to score the ball. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You can't, like this game, not in change. Yeah. And we got, we straight shooters. Yeah, yeah, I learned yeah. how to shoot the dog with no lights, you know. Yeah. And so I gave it to my, my kids, like, look, if you can shoot the basketball, you won't be all right. Yeah. And, and you athletic and you can do all the other things you can do, you know, and, and, and you understand about getting good grades. I, and then, you know, like Hurst was able to get one of the biggest deals in college. Imagine you already got your own school two years picked already. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, same guy who owned the Houston Rockets uh, come from University of Houston with me. So yeah, so that's I mean that's that's a really good thing because it, it does take the pressure off. Yeah, you know, really, because now you know you don't have to worry about the college and you know the the them in the stands yeah. seeing you know like judging you. You be like, oh man, I gotta perform because you just get yeah. to go play now. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You get to play, you get to study, you get to, you know, like, like really tackle, you know, like the things in your game that you need to improve yeah. without anybody actually judging it. Like yeah. you don't have to worry about like, like going into the summer and it's, it's like free agency. You go into the summer, you know, competing with everybody else for college. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. nerve wracking. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Parents in the, hey, parents in the stands just yelling yeah. stuff out. Like, no, just yeah. let me, just let me do me. Yeah. But you know, like right now that you already signed, that the hard that's the hard part. Mm -hmm. Getting that out of the way now is just easy. Just training, yeah. you know, getting your routine down. You know, you know, you see us win that with Chris every day. Yeah, I see him. You know, that's yeah. what I said. So <laughs> you know, you know, you see what Zaya was able to do right now. Uh, go to the G League, mm -hmm. but you know, with us, it's like we got to get that education thing first. Mm -hmm. Like we've been preparing for that because we got some bigger things that we. It's life after basketball. Basketball only lasts so long. Mm -hmm. And so we look at everybody's careers, all the greats, all y'all, everything that you done done is like, at the end of the day, we got to have something to fall back on. We're not going to be able to play basketball forever because mm -hmm. for the time is going to catch up with you. Yeah, yeah. You know, you look at the Lakers right now. <laughs> First, we, we look at the Lakers on paper. We like, oh, this, the, this yeah. team look crazy. Yeah. But you know, think about it. So this people don't know. And I'm going to make him remember this. Back in the days, we used to go to the Jordan camp mm -hmm. and play. I don't know if you remember this. When I got into it with Jordan, was, I played with him, Ron Ortez. Yes, yes. Look, let me be honest with you. We don't care. Like, everybody was scared of Jay at the time. We mm -hmm. know he's the best dude in the world. We got on the court. I told him, look, man, let's just go beat these old dudes. Man. And Jordan was like, man, you, 
you a rap. I said, no, bro, I'm in the pros. They're not rapping. <laughs> <laughs> they was going to call the police. Yeah, yeah, they wanted yeah. to put us. We just went hard, like, and beat them. And then, you know me, you know I'm going to talk crazy yeah. once they're sitting on the sideline. <laughs> and, and I got him and, and, and Ortez. Like, we, like, we was crazy, man. So, so you beat MJ? Just for, I wanna, so I Ooh, need bro. to know. I, we need to bro, know. Because like, I didn't see this Scottie Pippen's book, so I need to know. <laughs> Dude, let me tell you something. They play after the camps. After the camps? Every day. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. I so know you, that. Can be, then, I mean, you might be the best player in the world, but guess what? Whatever you got, we going to them. We was wild. I'm just telling you back then. With, you imagine him, Ryan Ortez, and me. I already, I already sparked it off. Follow them if they come to the day. Like they went to call the camp director. Like man, you show G, you you know Jay, you want to stop the game? Well, I said, Nah, you from the hood, man. Let them play. Wow. So it was saw, a good time. Yeah. Well, was, nah, can we start a video with, with Jordan and OJ Mayo that's been circulating where, where Jordan was busting OJ's ass? So you telling me that you gave Mike that work? In, so no, where's the tape just, at? No, not, let me tell you something. They probably have a tape. But it's not just me. All of us. They, okay. They, but I have a tape. Yeah. Yeah. Like that was like that was. The OJ Mayo was an older Jordan. Yeah. Okay. So this Jordan was still playing. This, this is an active yeah. thriving this is like Jordan. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So wow. it's still. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. he's okay. still like. Yeah. So we trying to assemble. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we trying to assemble. Yeah. yeah. And we like we don't care. You know me. I'm already like, look, man. We don't care who we play. We know what this is. But guess what? He get on this court. We gotta do what yeah. we gotta do. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. But Pete, that's the thing too. We used to come up to the, the pickup games at UCLA and yeah, just not. Did I care about anybody who play who I play? I'm playing everybody, right? And you know, we, we got the world the pre NIL, but you were blessed with P Miller gear. I'm gonna go ahead yeah. and put. I mean, so you know, I was rocking all types of P Miller shit on campus. Yeah. You know, way before his time. But just seeing you out there hooping, not giving a shit. Yeah. Who was out there? It didn't matter. Magic, whoever, like yeah. whoever out there talking, yeah. you're gonna be out there giving the buckets. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. That's what we come from. Mm -hmm. And that's what I give to my kids. Is like. Man, it's just another. We respect Jordan. Don't, don't get me wrong. He is the man. He gonna do what he do. Yeah. But guess what? You can catch anybody slipping in tonight. <laughs> okay. That's how it go. Okay. You catch a body anytime. We all okay. did it. So y'all gonna figure out how Mike make another last dance yeah, no, no, no. to have to no, address no, this. We were talking about it was like how close as a hooper. That's like how close was P to to making to the pros. And I said realistically, I said back then. You're talking about dropping a CD every week? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like he was dropping a CD every week. I said, like, he's two CDs. He was two CDs. If he didn't drop two CDs that year, he would have made it to the pros. Yeah. Because I said, you know, when it came to just straight hooping, yeah. he was a hooper. Yeah. Like your dad was a hooper. Yeah. Right? You know, it's like, but when it when you're talking about like catching that next level, mm -hmm. he didn't have the training you had. Yeah. Now, if he had the training you had, yeah. 
bro. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, you know, instead of three yeah, hours of studio I went, time. I went to the if, wrong, I'm going to tell y'all something too. I was ahead of my time and I went to the wrong team when I go back and look at it. So uh, I went to Charlotte. Yep. Bob Bass was the GM. Older white guy, he told me, he said, Percy, this is a Bible-built city, and your music is pure-built. You're a hell of a basketball player. Mm-hmm. So I knew, at that time, I figured it out that my music got me in trouble, like he said. So it was like, we wanted, but it was, we had social media and all that back then, because oh, yeah. the games was crazy. Like, I went up again, you go back and look, Sam Cassell, BJ Armstrong, it don't matter. These dudes was dogs, but they, when I got... Sam just tell me when I get in the game, man, take me out. They're about to put P in. He know I'm going to foul. He said, he going to foul me. He's like, because I get in the game, they'll be like, man, we good. I said, yeah, we good. Mm-hmm. But you know, some, you know, we play some teams. And then when I got to Toronto and played with Vince and Tracy McGrady, it was like, coach might tell me, look, P, go after such and such. So, you know, they don't know, but now I got to be the bad guy. But yeah, I'm yeah. leaving with the... <laughs> You know, like even that people don't know. He know like back then we had fights. Not we didn't had a couple of fights, but I ain't gonna put no names out there. But it's always whatever happened in the gym, so stay in the gym. Yeah, you got sure. to walk out with a black eye and say you <laughs> fell out. That's what happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mercy, you ever go back and watch? Because I was watching your highlights against the Grizzlies. So I wonder, mm-hmm. would you ever go back and watch some of your pops' highlights? Yeah, definitely. I see some of his films. He got a little little shot on him. So. <laughs> but that's what I said. <laughs> said is like it, it's. Like, you know, remember, if you're the last cut. Yeah, like, the only you could be on the team. Like I said, the last cut is like somebody who's just uh, probably too young. You probably yeah. just, you, uh. you're not defined yet. So you, you're talking about, that's three hours a day. That yeah. is three hours. So if you're in the yeah. studio making all these CDs, yeah. three so hours. So think about this, right? Like three hours. You're the last them, cut. Man. Most of the last cut, somebody's going to get hurt. Yeah. They're going to bring them back. Yeah. With me, I'm like... <laughs> You see what I'm saying? I gotta go to the studio. I gotta go. Yeah. I, I was the last cut. I know all the players. I know mm-hmm. everything. As soon as somebody get hurt, they event, they know me. I know they're gonna bring me back. Mm-hmm. But I was like, you know what? Because think about it. At that time, Muggsy Balls was on the team. I was killing, man. That's my dude. Mm-hmm. But he wasn't the same person he used to be. He was at the end. But I realized too that that was his last year. So they wanted to make sure he get everything that was deserved to get. And so I, I really just left. I'm like, all right, I get it. You know what I'm saying? What? But I know where I should have been at. It's good to have options, though. I'm saying, yeah. you know, the average human, they get cut, and it's, uh, you know, I got to go overseas. I got to go wherever. Yeah. You right back to the booth, dropping another banger. So I got I to gotta know, have you beat Pops yet one-on-one? I mean, we ain't play one-on-one. We, get, we do shootouts. So. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> who, shootout, got, who, who, who jumper wetter? Who, who? Only, only Miller could beat me. Probably Reggie Miller. That's what I'm going to say. That's what I'm going to say. So I gotta know where'd you get? Because you young, you young, you young talking big. You know where you got it from. You know, but you gotta go out there and deliver. But you know what? We always go at it. It's it's a competition in the family, and I mean, I done created some shooters. Like that's what we do. You know, I know how to shoot the ball. Taught my kids how to shoot the ball, and he just special. We talk about like just like he said. I definitely compare him to, and Reggie Miller live on our block now, so we gonna see. Okay, Reggie, look, man, <laughs> go on handle that. You know what I'm saying? But you know what? What's good though is a blessing when you know that you could do something so good, and then now your kids could do it better than you. Mm-hmm. You know. But what I what I love about it, I told him, don't do nothing for the money. Do it because you love it. Because we don't live in a project. So I did it because I wanted to make it out the hood. Mm-hmm. 
He do it because he just love, man. He bouncing the ball. He, he shooting. I look out. I'm like, man, there you go again. But it, it shows in the game that he putting the time. And, you know, to be able to play against Ben Simmons, all the guys that play, you know, over there with Chris, mm -hmm. to play against pros, like, we couldn't get that in yeah. the ninth and 10th grade. Yeah. So that's a blessing to be able to see where your level at against, you know, professional athletes. So, nah, man, his skill level is is at the highest level, and, and, and he, he didn't show them. And I keep telling him, keep being a student in the game. Yeah, that's what, that's what I actually always tell people. I say, you, you, there's two roads. Yeah. You know, you're either doing it from pain because you're trying to get out of somewhere. Yeah. Or you love it. Yeah. And I said, yeah. when it comes to celebrity kids, yeah. like, they got to love it. Because yeah. they yeah. don't have the... We ain't got no lights on. I'm gonna go to the gym and I'm gonna yeah. stay. They don't got that. You know, they got everything they want. Now, man, let me tell you, so you gotta love it. He played LeBron them team in the summer, and LeBron sitting at the thing. LeBron asked me, "Who the hell is number seven? He killing us." <laughs> I said, "That's my son, man." He said, "Come on, man." <laughs> but that was the difference. Till you see, he said, "You know, he was like Pete. That boy put in work." That ain't no, you know, if you at that level and you can see that, you mm -hmm. know that this ain't been given a hand. Like, like they don't even have no call, man. I, I, you ain't get no call until you get to college. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's the way I've been. Ride your bike, ride the neighborhood. You yeah, know, yeah, ride your bike. Ride your bike. All them hills. <laughs> <laughs> but that gets you. Yeah. Don't you think about it. Most parents, they try to be friends with their kids and they don't push them. And I say, if you, if you love you, and you love you love somebody as a parent. You got to push those kids, mm -hmm. you know. And it's like you wish, you know, you have a parent that's gonna push yourself. Just let you all oh, just sit home and play the video game. Mm -hmm. No, but you say you want to get to the league. Yep. How you gonna do that? So, so talk to me a little bit about being a dad and Gil. You do a lot of the same things. You gotta, you know, there's points when you're the dad, but there's points when also you gotta be a coach. And I had the same thing with my pops. Where yeah. you, you know, he had to embarrass me in front of the neighborhood, oh, or whatever yeah. it may be, well, or I in mean, the game, or whatever. I but mean, Gil, we done been in there together. I see how he on his son. He, you just want him to get better. Yeah. I'm on him. Who else gonna be on him? Yep. Think about it. Like the thing, the thing that I realize in life, I'm still scared of my dad today. Because he set them rules and boundaries and made me, you know, somebody got to say, get up, go do this. Mm -hmm. If you don't have that, you just chilling. Yep. And I think that's what, that's the changes got to come in because now, you know, once these kids make it to a certain level and we were speaking about, you know, Kobe or whoever, you make it to a certain level, man. Like you forget about that. Now, now the kid is the parent. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, we got to change that narrative. Because okay. I watch a lot of kids feel like that, even though it's because you forget where you came from. Mm -hmm. And you know, in the NBA, that's easy to do. Yep. So I be telling people all the time, look at it. The, you know, and I talked about this the other day, it's like these financial advisors, these agents and all this stuff, they think they running your life. Mm -hmm. If you look at it, I told, I told somebody that the other day, I said, if a financial advisor take five or 10% of your money, somebody hook you up with that person. You made $200 million. You done gave this person $10, 20000000 million. You don't even know him. You just met him three months. <laughs> and so, but you think about that. Did you get a person that take you to the gym every day? Now, I'm glad I'm in a position. I don't, I don't have, I don't need that from my kids. But I feel like parents should be able to, ones that, that did that and then went to the gym with you every day and brought you to the gym, you should be wanting to make sure they're straight. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, I just that that's just what I see because I played so you know I played for Jelly Bean. So I played for Jelly Bean with the Las Vegas Rattlers. Though, okay. You know? yep, yep. And uh I mean it's one of the nicest dudes I ever knew. And I'm like, 
you know, he's always be waiting for his son to come around and like, nah, we ain't waiting, bro. If I say be here, be here. That's what it's going to be. You know, same thing with you. Everything you done did for your son, you done got him better, all this stuff. Think about it. Could he do that without you? He'll be chilling. But he pushed him same way. He know he got better because I pushed him. And we we don't want nothing but opportunity. We went to many ha-ha, not looking to start, not looking to nothing, but just get better. He got on. He got in, and then he took somebody's position because of the hard work. So I want to touch on a little, little bit of that. You yeah. know, you, you know, Minnie High back in the day gave Sierra Canyon that work, but yeah. most recently you said you played with Chainless, uh, Jalen Suggs and Chad mm-hmm. Holmgren. Just what, what was it like playing with those guys, and how have they really impacted your game? Like, what did you learn from playing with a guy like Jalen and a guy like Chet? Yeah, I mean, going against them every day, like, you know, you're not gonna play nobody better than them. Like, then Chet was the number one player in high school. Jalen, he's top, like, top five pick. So, like, seeing that every day, uh, I mean, this got me better. Uh, I feel like it put me in a good position to just keep growing my game, see what's at the next level, see what, like, the top dude's going to be and to see where I'm at. So, it just really pushed me. So, right now you're homeschooling, right? Yeah. Does that does that give you an advantage? Because you get to, like, work out? Yeah, I feel like, it. I feel push it on does. an NBA yeah. road, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the, people don't understand that, like, but he only homeschooled for three months. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Three months? Yeah, because yeah. of the COVID thing, they allowed him to homeschool for okay. three months. Okay, that makes sense. Because yeah. that's the thing, the difference between, you know, the pros and everybody yeah. else is, uh-huh. we have time. There's time. Yeah. So you have time. So that's going to be the thing on the next level. It's like, you know, you got your high school, you got that. Mm-hmm. College, that's a whole different program. Mm-hmm. And then the pros, that's a whole different program. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's really just adjusting to everything. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why I said, like, when you homeschool, you you basically get to set your own schedule. Yeah. You know, that's more like the pro style. So you can, you know, five to seven, work out, mm-hmm. do some school work, then work out, eat, yeah. work out, do some school work. Yeah. So you get to really just set that whole that whole thing up. Mm-hmm. For three months. For three months. <laughs> but you guys did it. You're going to do it for three months. <laughs> Yeah, and, that, and that was good. I mean, but I think everybody's journey is going to be different, just like your journey was different. Mm-hmm. Think about it. Like, even though you went through the fire, by the time you came through, people realized that you was the real deal. Mm-hmm. And I, I love it when people don't believe. You know, everything I did, nobody believed. I, I feel so many times, but I feel with my hands and falling, got up and start running. I, I, I always, like, laugh at the haters. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, you don't believe, you don't see? I see the vision. It's cool. You ain't got to see it. And I think that's why I was able to get to my success by looking at, man, let me go chase my dreams. Let me not worry about what somebody else thinks might take me a little longer. Like even to get to the league, think about it. You had to be able to be a serious basketball player because back then we ain't had social media. Mm-hmm. No coach going to let you come in a gym unless. So I was, now this, when I do my basketball story, you're going to see it. This is the thing. I went through the CBA. That's what people don't know. Mm-hmm. I didn't just get invited to the NBA. I was in there with Earl, not Earl Watson, Earl Barkins, all those guys, Moochie Norris, Mm -hmm. all those dudes, Matt Bowens. Think about it. Mm -hmm. Matt Bowens didn't just come into the league. He had to go through the fire with everybody else. I mean, I played with Matt at UCLA. I remember Matt had the Escalade when he first got drafted. 24s, whatever. Yeah. And then he got, you know, bounced yeah. around next yeah. year. He was right yeah. back in his, his old yeah. Tahoe from, yeah. from, from he high was school. In but. Long Beach leads, all kind yeah. of stuff before we got there. And people don't know, like, I had to go dominate that. So they don't even know I got a couple of 10 days with Dallas. So, you know, you you know, you play hard in the CBA. They come, you get, you get two 10 days, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you get the state. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So I was getting 10 days 
going into the league. So I want to be able to show these kids that, like, it was a journey. Getting on them little planes, flying in there, you know, doing what I had to do. I just didn't go get, oh, you're going to go to the NBA. My journey was different. I, you know, I didn't get drafted, so I had to go through the CBA. Yeah. And that was, that was a journey. I played with Fort Wayne Fury. And so, you know, but when I got in there, I realized that what my level of talent was because I thought, this, to me, the CBA was harder than the NBA. Because everybody grinding. Everybody was grinding. Everybody it was real. Fighting. Like yeah. when a coach, a coach come in the gym from the NBA, mm -hmm. man, you might get hurt. Yeah. Just, <laughs> you See, everybody get, fighting. Yeah, everybody yeah. fighting. Yeah. And then there was no, oh, there was no D-League then. No. Or, yeah, yeah, that's G-League. There was no D-League. Yeah. 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 No D-League. Yeah. Yeah. So how much did that, that experience, hooping, everything you went through to get to the league have an impact on you starting the AAU program, working with guys like DeMar, Brandon Jennings, like you mentioned before, yeah. just... You know, how important was that for you to give back to the community and start coaching? Like, I, I think that was my biggest asset that I, I, I had to fulfill that dream. Like, I wanted to take these kids on this journey and let them see. Because, I, I mean, even you talk about the ones that make it, if I tell you the names that didn't make it, that was superstar. So, you know, you might think just because, you know, you're doing good in college or you're one of the top high school prospects, you might not never, I mean, look at, Lenny Cook. Mm -hmm. Think about it. They were saying he was better than LeBron. So my thing was having that program and teaching kids more than just basketball. Because I'm probably the first guy to take Brandon Jennings in the morning, take him out of Compton, and mm -hmm. take him fishing. Like, we was doing stuff besides basketball. And I think that's, that was grooming them to be, you know, good people, to be good men. Mm -hmm. and, and they don't do that for us. Because when you look at it, you don't see too many people look like us successful that can do that. And I, I tell you all the time, that when you are a blessing to others, God will keep blessing you. And I just think that's what happened with me. It was like uh, I had Stackhouse come and play us in the eighth grade, and DeMar dunked on him in the eighth grade. And that's when I knew DeMar was special. <laughs> I was going to ask you that's what was the That's when I knew. He dunked on Stackhouse. You could ask Stackhouse this in the eighth grade in our practice. I say, man, if you keep this up, you're going to be all right. I remember them, uh, the source back in the day, but it'd be Romeo and DeMar with yep. the P. Miller gear. Yeah. And that used to be my favorite part, get to the end of the magazine yeah. and see all the promo pages. So when did you bring DeMar on? You said, eighth, you know, when did you bring him on? And when did you, you know, eighth grade, he dunked on stack. But when did you really know, like, all right, this dude, this dude is going to be a pro? Well, I really didn't know, like, sixth grade, seventh grade. Uh, we just, you know, we, he stayed in the gym, even though he lived in Compton. A lot of stuff was going on. A lot of kids was getting killed during the games. Mm -hmm. And I just like, man, y'all, y'all stay in the gym. Him and Brandon, we need to keep y'all in the gym. And and they end up being friends with Romeo. And we just stayed in the gym because I love basketball. So I'm out there yeah. working all the time and working on my game and then being able to coach a team that, you know, we started the P. Miller Ballers. Uh, we started in Houston. So I had a team in Houston, a lot of inner city kids in Houston. And then we moved to California. You know, I started a, a, Cal a West Coast version of the P. Miller Ballers in and that just kept all those kids off the streets. And, uh, and man, we just, was, we just ended up being family. And then we didn't have to go and sell our soul to all the big, I mean, because we was in all the big tournaments mm -hmm. that you had to be with Nike or Adidas, but they had to let us play. We had the best talent. So DeMar won, matter of fact, DeMar won a dunk contest against Kevin Durant in eighth grade <laughs> in Las Vegas. What does what, what, what Rome rank? Man, let me tell y'all something. People don't know 
Rome is probably one of the toughest basketball players. He was like an AI back in the day. Yes, he I'm, was. I'm telling y'all. Yes, he like, he was tough. Remember, I coached him in Jordan Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he was tough. He know. But that's how, that was the whole thing with the Jordan thing. Yeah. They wanted to make Romeo take the P. Millers off. Yeah. And Jordan said, you can't wear that here. So Rome called me and I said, look, if y'all beat me, I'm going to put him put on some Nikes. <laughs> they didn't win. So guess what? He not wearing those Nikes. He wearing the Pete Miller. Yeah, bro. That's what I said. Bro. He said, bro, Rome was a beast. Was like, yes, I'm telling you, he was a dog. Nice, he know he bro. coached Rome. I coached, that's what I coached him in, that he was nice. Yeah, like, but he put a lot of work in. People don't realize that. So let me tell you what he Rome was quiet, too. He was quiet. Yeah, let me tell you what Rome's problem was. Rome should never went to USC. I mean, that's always. I'm going to tell you what he should have went. That's always the right answer, Florida though. State. Florida State was on him tough. Mm-hmm. And, and he went to USC, him and DeMar to keep it close, but Florida State wanted him. Like, if he done went there, he'd have turned into one of the top. Because he, he played against, uh, what, what the guy from Seattle that ended up being one of the top guards? He, not in, he just got out the lead. Uh, Jamal? No. No, uh, he went to uh, Washington. Isaiah Thomas? Yeah, Isaiah Thomas. Oh, Isaiah. Yeah, go, so you can go back and look at footage. Go look when when USC won that year. They made it to the Sweet 16. Rome played against UCLA. You go back and look at all these games. Mm-hmm. He did his thing. Like he was one of the quickest guards yeah. back at that time. <laughs> I'm talking about he was fearless. Go back and look at it. Like he he really had he and he could dunk back then. He, I know that's what I said. He had like he was <laughs> so people he was small thinking, had boosies and yeah. all. So people get caught up with all that stuff that you was, but people don't realize basketball in our family. It's like the whole team atmosphere, and you love it. And and because we was passing that down from generation to generation. I got uncles, you know, my aunties. They all played basketball, and so it made me have to play. I had girls in my family that was just beasts. Yeah. You know, we lived in the ghetto, so the girls were just as cold <laughs> as the dudes. So, but it it pushed you. And I think with Romeo, like even when we play AAU, so you go back and look at it, Romeo was like scoring a lot of the punch for the P Miller balls. So you go back and look at that, like he was doing his thing and it, it got him up to the next level where he needed to go at. Yeah, like I had like, it was like you guys, it was the Miller family, then it had the Wayne's family, right? Yeah. So I got both groups. Yeah. And I was in here like, yeah, the Wayne's don't, they're not playing basketball at all. <laughs> <laughs> they're not going to be basketball players. <laughs> Not at all. They did not care nothing about no hooping. Uh, you know? But Romeo took it serious. That's why I yeah. said it was always like, yo, he's Till his days, right nice. now, Rome could play against anybody. Man, it was like, he's nice. He's nice. Yeah. So let's talk about Hershey a little bit yeah. and just kind of, you know, look, he, he got offers from UCLA, SC, Mizzou, yeah. LSU, a bunch of big time schools, yeah. but kind of decided to forge his own path by yeah. going to Tennessee State, going to HBCU. So when, when he told you he was doing that, you know, did you have any reservations about it? Or were you like, just go, go get it? Yeah. I, I really want him to go to LSU. Okay. And so, you know, we're going to see. I told him, I, like, going to HBCU is different. You know, I want to support HBCUs. I want to get out there and help. But, you know, even watching him going there, I mean, he's sacrificing a lot. Because if he done went to UCLA or, or, or LSU, one of those schools, like, he'll have everything he need. You know, I, I look at some of the facilities. So he put in a spotlight. But I think at the same time, he's doing a lot of sacrificing that, that uh, I mean, I hope everything go well. You know what I'm saying? Because when you look at it, think about it, when you went to Arizona, there's a lot of things that mm-hmm. you have. Like even with a with a HBCU, they all share in the same weight room, the football, basketball, baseball mm-hmm. team, track team. 
It's like, but the HBCUs got money, so we have to stop uh, having educators run these programs when we need business people to go out. Because these are all state-funded schools. Mm -hmm. So they should have just as much money as a Vanderbilt is in Nashville. Mm -hmm. But, you know, they told me, I was watching a thing on the news out there, they owe Tennessee State $500 million. So that school should be... Laid out. You know, laid out, like <laughs> laid you said. But, but for some reason, we have educators trying to be business people in those schools because think about it, where we went at, when I went to University of Houston, you got people putting money into the university because in the sports department. Just the, they the know sports. The yeah. sports are going to bring the money back mm -hmm. into the school mm -hmm. to keep the higher learning going. And mm -hmm. I think our culture have to catch up with that. Okay. And yeah, I that, think that's, yeah. the, that's the part that I see. You said something that's like, very important for other parents. Yeah. Right? You said you wanted him to go to this school. Yeah. He chose that school. Yeah. You wanted him to go to Duke. He chose yeah. this. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's one of those, like, you give them the power to, to, to yeah. walk their own path. I'm, I'm, and I'm a supporter. Yeah. You know, and a lot of parents don't understand that sometimes yeah. where, you know, you're trying to, you know, you force your kids a certain way and they're not going to love it. Yeah. You know, and it's yeah. going to be a failure because yeah. if they're not mentally ready for it. Yeah, you make it for me. I'm letting my kids make their decisions, especially, you know, when you talk about education and all these things. Like, they got to go to school. I can't go to school for them. Mm -hmm. They got to play basketball <laughs> for these teams. So whatever that coach told him, mm -hmm. he felt like, because, you know, when you go to school, you have to believe what the coach believe in you. Mm -hmm. And so I think that the coach at Tennessee State really made him feel comfortable that he believed in him and he could get him to the next level. Same thing with, with, uh, with, with Mercy. Uh, Coach at the University of Houston made him understand that he believed in him. And what's crazy, he didn't even come to see Mercy. So nobody knew about Mercy. Mercy played with the Houston team, the J, what is it? JL3. JL3. Mm -hmm. The coach went to see somebody else and came in the gym and said, <laughs> Who is this kid? Mm -hmm. And that's how it happened. I think, uh, and you know, it's genuine. Because he didn't even go to see him. He didn't know who he was. Hey, that's, that's it right there. That's how you get it. But that's, that yeah. goes to show you that somebody really care about you is genuine. Mm -hmm. It's not like make-believe. Yeah, sure. And so you don't have to figure it out after that. Because we, we know you could go to any school. Right? You go to mid-major. You don't have to go to big blue school no more. Mm -hmm. So you could go to, and, and the thing about Houston, they went to the Final Four last year. So their program is going up. And when you look at like a Duke, that was his two schools. Duke doing this when the, the coach leaving. Now he wanted to go play for that coach. Mm -hmm. But. Because even when they offered me, it was like the coach, like, usually, like, it'd be an assistant that call you and offer you, like, it was the real, the head coach, oh, like, head Coach Sampson. Coach. Yeah, yeah. Like, okay, yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah that's, so, <laughs> how you feeling? You get that call. It's Coach Sampson on the other line. He tell you he wants he want you to come to Houston. I mean, it was, it was a great feeling. I mean, I seen, went there a couple of times. It was like a family atmosphere, like, all the people there, just they all riding for them. So I mean, it's just a good feeling. Definitely where I wanted to be at too. So and the coach real though, mm -hmm. you know, he a real coach like yeah. us. He gonna <laughs> tell you when you wrong. He gonna let you have it. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It ain't no, it ain't no BS. It's, it's yeah. not no fee. Put you gonna push you. Look, I'm gonna push you because I want you to be better. That's what That's I want to be around. Me. Exactly. Yeah. I don't want to be around no yes man or mm -hmm. somebody just gonna say whatever to get me there and mm -hmm. then change. Yep. You know, you got to be able to go somewhere and grow and get better. Mm -hmm. it's, it's on you. So the NCAA, 
just changed the, the name, image, likeness rules. I know, Gil, you could have cleaned up back in the day. I could have made at least like 200, 300 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> at least 200, 300. <laughs> but, uh, but Hershey, I think July 1st, it went into effect. Yeah. July 2nd, Hershey's got a $2 million deal with yeah. Web Apps America. I mean, I think it's still, to this point, the most lucrative deal. Yeah. That's going on. I mean, just tell me how did that deal come well, into so place? So everybody else was looking for shoe companies. They was looking for all these other different things. We said technology. So we do business with all these uh, tech companies from China to over here, and these guys are looking to find somebody to invest in and build a company and a brand and be on that spotlight. And it just worked because they also wanted to do something with an HBCU. And that just goes to show you how God worked. And with us thinking outside the box, uh, well, my, my nephew, Donald, who you, who you know you went to school with, he yeah. was at UCLA. So that's what he do. He do all Hersey name and likeness stuff. And so he tied these companies together with Hersey. And, and we've been working on this for maybe about a year or something when they kept saying this was going to happen. So it wasn't an overnight process. We, we just had to get it clear by the school. And once the system said that, you know, now it's in effect. We was ready to go, but this was a deal that was been worked on for over a year and something. So, Mercy, when you see that, you know, you mm. still got a couple years <laughs> left. You're like, yeah, you I like, already, I already know. <laughs> 10, 20 minutes. We're trying to get five. <laughs> well, look, think about this, right? When most kids had to go to the G League, he'd have made this type of money and, and still go to college. Mm -hmm. So he could still go develop and get better and have his education to go with him and still be able to, because think about it, when I was in college, I made $400 a month. And I, we was one of the top schools in the country, mm -hmm. but all I got was 400. <laughs> 400. So, I don't care who you was, you was a king or whatever, 400. 400. <laughs> and so you, you, know, you had kids that was going out doing stuff crazy stuff because you ain't had no money because mm -hmm. you know my parents live in the project so I'm, I'm sending that 400 back home to them I can't even spend that yeah, yeah. we don't have nothing so you got to imagine kids out there doing stuff that they don't want to do they just broke mm -hmm. and so you imagine they selling your jersey you on TV every night you know like you mm -hmm. ain't getting none of, that. none of that and you see the school getting 10 million a game <laughs> and you like man we got 400 400 <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, it's, it's, it's really a blessing, to be honest with you. It's a, it's a blessing that now these kids have been able to benefit of their name and like, shit, this should have been happening. But it got to be, it's still like, because the parents aren't business savvy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so yeah, they not benefiting all because guess what? Yeah. And that's why they that's why they can't. That's why you haven't heard no big ones because yeah. the parents ain't business. They don't understand what the business side of it is. That's, yeah. Yeah. That's what you expert That's what I did. I went straight. I said, I'm going up the technology companies. Mm -hmm. Why they going up to all these uh, insurance companies and all, like those, Uber they East. got pros. Like they, what you gonna give a college player that when we already got Chris Paul and all these other exactly. people? I'm like, no, you got to do something outside the box. Mm -hmm. So we broke the mold, thinking outside the box, saying, let me go get a couple of these Japanese companies, all these different companies mm -hmm. that they just got. They got billions. Mm -hmm. This little money to them is nothing. And then be in business with us. And then, you know, the, the only people that probably could do it at that level right now is me and LeBron. Mm -hmm. Because now they wanted a piece of me and a piece of my son. So that's, that's what made the deal work. And I think LeBron could do the same thing with they want a piece of him and they want a piece of his son. Mm -hmm. yep. You know, and I think that, but it's a blessing because a lot of people think, oh, I'm in a shadow of my dad. And I'm, nah, man, 
Look, look at uh, when you look at D Wade them right now. Like, man, I love that. Like, man, take advantage of what you can do. Other cultures do it. Yeah. I'm gonna. You're not. You're not gonna put your son on if you can. Yeah. Like Got that's it. crazy. Yeah, Especially yeah. if he work hard too. Yeah. Man, people don't that's know. That's what we supposed to do. <laughs> he in the gym every day was mm-hmm. that. Do do he work hard? Yeah. Man, that dude work hard. So all that stuff they talk about, that man work hard. We like, like this is a physical sport. You can't hide this. Like yeah. <laughs> you either gonna work hard and get better or get exposed. Like I remember, I remember me and me and uh, D was talking about it, the yeah. son, and he was like, man, I don't. You know, he was like, I don't think he love it yet. And I was like, he got time. I said, he, I said he got time. I said it's, he got time. Mm-hmm. And then. And then I remember when he was like, I think he's, I think he's starting to love it now. Yeah. And he's been in the gym last yeah. two summers, just Man. going. I seen him in there with Chris. Going, right? He's, he's going. a whole different player whole than he was in high school. Guess what? Think about it. Everybody's journey is different. Yep. You know, some people gonna go to college. Some people go to, go straight to the G League. Uh, he was able to do it the way he did it. Mm-hmm. It's a blessing. So he still got to go out there. Like, he still got to go play. He got to still got to go out there and play. He like, got to perform. Of course, his dad's going to draft him. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but when they said that, that's like we see enough white privilege everywhere. It's like yeah. shit. It's about time I see but some black privilege. You still got to go out yeah, there. But I'm just saying. But having the ability, yeah. like I can't tell you how many what? kids I work with because their last name was whatever that they got put in a position. It's like, but yeah, once you get there, you got to go do like something. If, listen, if the Lakers got the number one pick and Bronny Jr. enters his name in the draft, yeah. I know damn well Bron Black. Number one, <laughs> he better than shit. Why you not? Why not? Why not? And, and guess what? He still won't have to be able to play. Right. Got to play. I'm gonna do my job. You do. Yeah. You do your job. Yeah. That's how that works. Yeah. So, P, we got you here. I got to get you a little bit just on the music, man. I think yeah. obviously that's that's uh you know how I first came. You know, I think the make him say uh video. I was uh, about high school. Yeah. I checked that out, but. A lot of people don't know you. So you moved to the Bay. Yeah. Moved to the Bay from New Orleans. Yeah. I just wonder how much of an influence did the Bay have on your music, have on your career, and just impact kind of where you are today? Well, I got my independent game from the Bay. Everybody in the Bay was selling their own stuff. And uh, to be able to be around, like, producers like EA Ski, like this dude was Dr. Dre before Dr. Dre, you know, in the Bay, making bangers. Like, uh... And I ended up hooking up with him. And uh, I really realized that maybe I got a career in this. I started out, you know, I had my record store. No Limit Records was a record store, retail store. And I had everybody coming in there. So I was thinking business back then. People don't know, we didn't, we wasn't always successful. You know, I had to sleep in the back of the store with Rome, you know, and his mom. Like, that. we didn't have it. We was building. So... It was cold some days, it was whatever, but we made it work. And we got an opportunity to grow and learn the business. And so I've always was a student of the game, student of the game of basketball, student of the game of business. And I really learned the music business from having my own retail store. So people say when they see those CDs with the gold and diamond things on the back of them, like I, because when at my store, you know, NWA, Ice Cube, the Ghetto Boys, all this stuff was dark. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, I can't really see it when people come in. So I say, I'm, you know, if I ever put out music, I'm gonna light it up. So, you know, I did what the, came with the ice cream man with the whole white suit so mm-hmm. people could see and then the diamond things on the back and all the loud colors. So when you walk in the store, you see our product. And uh, I went to University of Houston. Uh, I majored in business communication. And I always understand marketing. 
So marketing is what I specialize in. And so for, for me, the Bay was able to give me that, that experience to, you know, sell my CDs out of the trunk of my car, hit the town, figure it out, fail a couple of times until I, I got it. Uh, man, I remember I used to sit in the, in the uh, radio station. And this I tell kids all the time because everybody want to think they got a hit. So if you got a hit, you got to believe in it. So I, I sit in a radio station in a bay because, you know, I sound country, mm -hmm. different from everybody else. E-40, too short, too pot. Mm -hmm. I don't sound like nothing like them. So I go in there and the guy say, well, what's the song you have? I say, body, body. He plays and nah, I don't think this is going to work out here. Come, you know, next week with another record. I'll listen to that and see if you have something that'll fit. Come back with the same record, body, body. He said, what you got, body, body? About six weeks, the same record. He said, man, look at me. I'm going to just play this for the fans. He said, can you just play it for the fans, sir, one time and see? He put it on. Next thing you know, he jamming. The, the people calling in say they love it. This the new one by Master P. <laughs> But but the consistency in me not giving up and and uh, going through the adversity, I feel like I got that from the Bay, and I love the Bay for that. Uh, the people that that was around me, but a lot of people didn't make it with me because they couldn't hold on, and I think that a lot of people didn't really see the vision because I was country, you know. Like it, <laughs> I had to go back home in New Orleans to actually make it to cross over in the music industry and then come back. So wait, so Body Body dropped in the West? No, so so I I made the song. I had brought a bunch of the producers uh, from New Orleans up there mm -hmm. with me. And so we made the song going back and forth. We had a little apartment up in the Bay. Mm -hmm. And so I, I made the song. Matter of fact, I made the song as a, uh, as a commercial for, for some store. And then I turned it into a whole song. Mm. Cause it was this weird thing, like, like, cause you know, in high school, that's when all everything was dropping. Yeah. When I was in high school, yeah. so it was weird how, and it, it kind of makes sense then if you was in the Bay that the West Coast, like, from South to East Coast, yeah, like we didn't really mess with, like we heard Wu Tang, but yeah. we didn't really mess with Wu Tang. Yeah. Like I didn't listen to Jay Z until yeah. I was in college. Yeah. Like Busta Rhymes was like, yeah. but it was just, it was like. For some reason, masterpiece stuff just stuck. It was yeah. just just everything. Don't don't yeah. know what that's what I said. I didn't know why. It was like all nah, your music you was something. a West. It was just I, a West I Coast came, So Easy E was down here. We went to every swap meet. I put all my music in every swap meet. I was in every hood, passing out CDs. So you know, I really wasn't on the Crips and the Blood thing. That mm -hmm. so I got. I might have a blue shirt on or a red shirt. So I'm trying to sell my CDs. <laughs> so I'm in South Central somewhere, and like I got a, uh, I got one of my CDs. Dude said, "Man, what you, what you doing back here?" So maybe I had like a blue shirt on. It's a red neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, "Look, sir, I'll come back. Here. I got a CD, man." He said, "Man, you got a what? You better take that shirt off." <laughs> and so, look, he said, "How much you want for?" I said, "I said uh, nineteen dollars." He said, "I got ten. I said, "I'll take that, sir." <laughs> look, I seen the dude with his gun, so I'm like, "I'll yeah, take, take that." And uh, <laughs> look, look what he have. It better be good. That's when I, my music started spreading because I was going places where nobody wouldn't go. Yeah. And that's when I created the West Coast Bad Boy. So people don't realize it. I created the West Coast Bad Boy. I put all these West Coast artists together 
which nobody said it could, it could be done. But I was in every hood, every project, wherever, from the Bay to L.A. And so Easy e used to take me to the radio station, the Julio G. And that's how that's how I got body body on the radio. Yes, yeah, see, yeah, see, yeah, see, we was yeah. hearing that's what I said. We was hearing all all that yeah. music, like was it Fiend, yeah. Mia X? We, yeah. was, we was hearing all that yeah, music. That's how that's how it started. Me coming to the swap meets and then hooking up with Easy e and just going down to okay. yeah everywhere. So you talked about the album covers, and that's the thing I remember. Just how luxurious they were, but they're like yeah. pieces of art. Like when hey, you went, you went, you went, you were just like this is so elaborate. <laughs> I'm looking, the diamonds are glistening. Yeah. So I want to know what's your favorite album cover because y'all had some some amazing ones. What was one you saw like yo this this is it? Well, I think the last dime because it it moved. So you see all the jewelry and all that stuff. It, 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 it moved like <laughs> yeah, nobody ever seen see that. Yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. So I went to the guy and asked him, the guy from Pinnick Pixel, you know, could they do that? And these guys, I mean, they did a holographic CD, which never been done. Yeah. And it, when people see it, they like this 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 mm -hmm. thing moving. So it really changed the game. Because yeah, we still had the, yeah, had, the, had the walkers. Yeah. Because <laughs> my, uh, my pregame was always, it ain't my fault. Yeah. <laughs> like, brother, that was my day. It ain't my fault. I'm about to score 100 on y'all. The crowd just looks just, yes, sir. And that's what I said. I, I was like, yo, why was we so stuck on the South? Yeah. Like, like, yeah. like, we didn't listen to Scarface. Yeah. We didn't listen yeah. to none of them. It just why we stuck on well, the South. Well, you know what, too? The music and then when was you signed the, Snoop. The, it was yeah, over. The music yeah. was more slower. And that's what, so I tell you all the time, when you get in business, find a problem. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the South music was slow, because if you listen to Scarface and them back then, it was slower. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's more screwed up, all that type of stuff. But my music was more rowdy. Yeah. And I think that's what people, <laughs> no, people really jumped on it because it it made you jump. When you hear make them say, oh, you ready to get up, yeah, you ready yeah, to do yeah. something. Uh, no Limit Soldiers, right. uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's what people always tell me, say, P. Man, back then, your music really made us jump up and want to party and have fun, and and I think that was that was that was that's what we did that a lot of people, you know, they didn't want to do because everybody wanted to be hard. Hard, yeah. That was mm -hmm. yeah. That the, everybody wanted to be hard back yeah. then and yeah. had the party music. Yeah, yeah for just, sure. Yeah. But even the chains, the tanks, all, I mean, yeah. look, we was rocking the fake joints. No, nah, they fought to who that want to do that. Yeah, I yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I remember them at lunchtime when fights was going on, and they playing it. Who that city want to do that? Oh, I didn't want to get it on. Yeah. That's the theme music right there. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit, too. Like, Cash Money was coming up around the same mm -hmm. time as y'all. Was there any beef with that? Were y'all cool? Did y'all respect each other's grinds? Did y'all work together? No, we just was from two different places, and, and uh, I think it's good that they was able to come up, but we were just from two different neighborhoods. You know, mm -hmm. they was from the Magnolia, we was from the Calio, so. But we, we mostly, oh, both of us was always on the road. Like, they was on the road doing their thing, we was on the road doing our thing, so. You know, a lot of people thought that, oh, they, they got beef, but man, we live right up the street from each other. That is great. That's too big. That's two big labels. Yeah. Same area. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Doing amazing. About that. Yeah, doing yeah. amazing stuff. So I know you, you said back in the day you used to open up for Pac. Yeah. So what's something about just your experience with Pac? What's something about Pac that a lot of people maybe don't know, don't realize? Man, no, Pac was like one of the nicest dudes you want to meet, man. He wanted to put everybody on. And uh, like that was, you know, when he went place, he took care of everybody. You know, and it, I mean, dude just had a good heart. You know, I know he got caught up with all the other stuff, you know, but being in that environment, and that's what I try to teach my kids, like, 
man, you are the people you hang around. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's what that's what really changed him. Cause dude, had, I mean, dude come from theater, doing all from you know he really was. But you could turn into a monster. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> if you around, <laughs> yeah, yeah, if you around, yeah. you know, think about it, man. The hood gonna recruit you, so you know, gangs gonna recruit mm -hmm. you. So I just I just feel like man. That dude was on to something big, like he was just way ahead of his time. I mean, his music now is it, it, timeless. Mm -hmm. So, last question I got for you: uh, You performed at Astro World. Yeah. Obviously, uh, there were some tragic events that went down. Yeah. So, I just want to know when you when you heard about what happened. You guys performed in the, in the daytime. You yeah. had another show you had to get to. You were supposed to perform at night, but when you heard about just all the situations that happened out there. Just what, what, what thoughts, you know, what were you thinking when that nah, happened? I just, you know, my prayers went out to the people that, that lost their lives and their, their families and their loved ones, man, because, I mean, it was a historical day. I mean, it was like 50,000 people out there. When we performed early, the people was mad because I performed early, but they didn't know that I had a show in Baltimore that night. So I told them I'd do it as, as a guest instead of being a headline artist, which, man, God just worked in mysterious ways because... It was turned up when I okay. came on. You know, as yeah. soon as I came on, yeah. son, when yeah. I come on, make them say, oh, they went crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like, but I told them, I said, man, you know, let's have fun. Don't nobody get killed or die. Because, you know, I was thinking like, you know, people getting drunk and people, you know, getting violent after the show. Because that's what I, I'm thinking. But I didn't know that people was going to get stampeded and, you know, maybe it's, it's a drug issue or something. Like, you know, we're going to find out. We really don't know. But it's, it's just crazy, man. I, and I, I tell people, man, you got to really love your family. You never know who going to walk out that door and who might not come back. And so, uh, man, it's just a, it's a terrible tragedy because nothing, I never heard of nothing. Like, eight people died. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. Like, as an as a, as a artist, um, like, I, it ain't something you can control. No. Nah. You know what I mean? It's it, it seems like, you know, like I see they're, they're, they're trying to sue what, Drake and, and of course, Travis, but it's like they can't control that. Well, but that I think what we're going to find out, the, the real thing about it, is really not Travis' show or Drake's show. Mm -hmm. It's a Live Nation show. So they the one approved everything. They the one got approved by the city and the police department. You think an artist is going to be able to do all that? Yeah, they're going to put your name on that. But let's be honest. And so we got to stop that, man. Like, for me, when I looked at it, they had a lot of police outside. I think it should have been a bigger presence inside. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's what I think. And you're only going to be able to learn from this. Like, this tragedy is going to have other concerts that throw festivals with large amounts of people like that. You need, because think about it, even as us. When we see the police, you're going to kind of tone it down yeah, a little yeah. bit. So if you see a security guard, you might turn up. Man, yeah. ain't worry about no security. <laughs> but when you see the police, think about it. <laughs> like, <laughs> like a lot of these festivals really going to have to start investing in the police, especially inside controlling those crowds instead of outside telling people where to go at or where they can't go at. Yeah. And so I think that's just what I see that's going to probably have to happen. And, and this tragedy probably had to happen to probably save even more lives. Because a lot of these shows was going to keep going. I mean, keep getting bigger and bigger. Keep getting bigger and bigger. And so uh, I think that now people are going to learn from this and, and they're going to have to spend the money to, to have the police there to, to kind of like 
keep the crowd in order. Right. And, and I then think, they put them back in arenas where everyone can actually sit down. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but you know, when you're having a festival, I mean, it's they've been doing this for years. Yeah. Man, go look at Woodstock. Like, tragedy's been happening. Yeah. But I just think this is something different because there's a lot of younger people and, you know, it was more wilder, you know, and, and also drugs might be involved, too, because I heard that they, you know, some people... Was getting stuck with something, right? Yeah. yeah. So Because that's what I was saying. Somebody so, was getting you stuck know, you with something. Because you got to imagine right now, man, this whole, this whole fentanyl stuff is killing our people. So when I think of those large numbers, I, I would see like one or two people, mm -hmm. but eight people, that don't sound like just... That don't sound like an accident. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, because, yeah, sure. I mean, even with, uh, even with something going on, if someone's sticking someone... And like somebody's dropping, yeah. of course the reaction is, yo, let's move, yeah. and then stampede is gonna happen. Yeah. Yeah. And somebody's like, well, they didn't stop the show. Like, how do they know? Yeah, yeah. that mob mentality you, no, they takes got, over. They got things in their ear trying to get the beat yeah, on. They yeah. don't really. Yeah, they know. don't really know. But you know what? It's like, I mean, it, it's 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 a sad message that we gotta wake up and and, and we gotta love our people. Yeah, you know, because I think people really. You know, we had COVID-19. We got a lot of people that died. Mm -hmm. I don't think people realize how short life is. Appreciate your loved one. Mm -hmm. Tell them you love. Everybody think they too cool. You can't tell your people you that you love them. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. You might not see them no more. Mm -hmm. And I think this is this is really like in the music industry, in the entertainment world, this done really shocked a lot of people. So, Merch, I want to ask you, because you, you kind of like that target demo for the Travis Scott fan. What does Travis Scott mean to your generation just in terms of, you know, fandom and... Because, I mean, he kind of transcends. It's like a rock star, superstar type mm -hmm. of level, kind of like your pops back in the day with us. So just, just kind of what does he mean to y'all? Yeah, he's definitely like a superstar. Like, I mean, a lot of people look up to him. He's from Houston. Uh, I mean, it's just he's a cool artist I listen to. Uh, I mean, that's definitely like the, I guess, aesthetic, though. Like, with his type of, like, music, he brings out crowds. Like, everybody, like, rage and stuff. Like, so with that, like, event, like, being there, it was, like, just crazy. Like, seeing that and just... I mean, it's mind opening. Like, it's just I don't know. Yeah, but that's sure. really not for me though. Yeah, for sure. Are you <laughs> yeah, in the gym? You're in the gym. Yeah, yeah. And who was like, man, I ain't yeah. got time for that. Man. Nah, nah, he went with me, so it was yeah. like, yeah. like. Oh, you you back? You back? Yeah. Stage, you back? You in there looking at me? Like, yeah, I see y'all down there. Okay. <laughs> but nah, P, we really appreciate you pulling yeah. up, Murphy. We appreciate you. We're gonna keep keep watching your career and excited to see you at Houston in a few years doing your Same. thing, man. And you keep doing everything yes, for the, the community with all the businesses and everything yeah. you got going on, man. We really appreciate you. Yes, sir. This has been No Chill with Gilbert Arenas. We'll be back with more very soon.